This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. In Parliament, of course, uh, there's, a, uh, there's, of course, uh, and we would have heard it in the uh, committees that are that have been spoken about. We, we, we see it in the workflow of the committees. We see it in the workflow of the department. We see it in the workflow of the legislation. I think there's a, a general, you know, considered, um, agreed, agreed upon opinion that there is a need for legal drafters. And of course, that is a speciality. Uh, it's a highly technical aspect, legal drafters, uh, in the Justice Department, and of course that's what, amongst others, when people get there and Parliament says, you know what, we should be doing better around timelines and all sorts of things, one of the aspects is, you know, how experienced are your your legal drafters and uh, how many legal drafters do you have? And I would, I would, I would think that every piece of legislation uh, that emerges in front of Parliament doesn't matter what, what portfolio committee it is, whether it be, of course, also the portfolio committee for, for, for justice. It, you know, um, these legal drafters would have had a hand in the legislation that is before Parliament. John Jeffrey, welcome to Power 98.7. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you, John? I'm good, thanks, Denzel. And good evening to the Power FM listeners. Sure. John, I was starting off by by saying, you know, uh, and 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 I don't know where in the country you are, whether you're in Cape Town or KZN or here in Gauteng, uh, but I was just, you know, thinking you you would not have had a day off, right? For for, for ministers yeah, in, and other, there's no day off, right? There's no day off. Um, <laughs> I'm in. I'm actually in Pretoria, so, but uh, yeah. Um, mm. There's always work to do, so if you don't have meetings, there's still a lot of work to do, mm. and people can phone you at any time with their, their problems or their issues and rightfully expect you to be able to assist them. Mm. John, um, the, the, the time frame of Parliament, Parliament will sit and, and, and close at a particular point, um, and, and there are things that Parliament needs to do before it closes and particular legislation that needs to get, and I'll get to you know that whole... The, the, the aspect of, you know, the uh, regulation of interception of communication and provision of communication-related information, amendment bill, the RICO one, ultimately. But, but, but ultimately, just give us an understanding of the kind of workload. Uh, and there's always a rush, and Parliament comes back to sit and needs to deal with, with work that's still not completed. Just give us in a sense of, of, you know, the work that still needs to be done where bills and amendments are are, are are applicable and the time that we still have where Parliament, you know, before Parliament breaks up. What, what's that workload look like? Yeah, look, it, it, I can obviously mainly speak on uh, the Department of Justice's mm. uh, workload, um, but there are a number of, of bills uh, in, in Parliament. Mm. Uh, maybe just to correct one thing from your earlier statement, yeah. uh, the, the Department of Justice is not drafting all the bills the Department will have. It, it, was, it, was, it was actually a coming, a coming question. Mm. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry so, about yeah, for, for, no, for clarification, it was coming because 
um, I, I would have assumed, and, and, and I want to get back to the workload, I would have assumed that, you know, somewhere, someplace, you need, you need legal minds, you need people who, you know, think about a certain thing in a particular way, and that, and that unit maybe would, the unit on legislation would sit somewhere, and, and, and um, you know, there was a question coming that says, would that unit then sit within the Justice Department, but were you saying no, not, not actually? Yeah, maybe let me just sort of explain it. Uh, each each department would have would have to be responsible for its mm. own legislative drafting. Mm. You then have the state law advisors, and they uh, sit in. They fall under the Department of Justice. Yeah, and they don't draft, but they have to certify uh, that the bills that are approved by cabinet uh, are uh, consistent with the Constitution before they're introduced. Yeah. So that's a sort of central point, but they're more legal advisors rather than the drafters of the bill. Yeah. But just looking at my um, the latest list I got from Parliament, which was, uh, I think it was Friday, mm. uh, there are 36 bills before National Assembly committees, um, three bills on the order paper, that's for the, the, the second reading, the, the, the end of the process. Mm. And in the National Council of Provinces, there's three bills on their order paper and 14 bills uh, that are up before the committees. So it is quite a lot. The Speaker had set, I think it was the 4th of September or so, as Mm. as a deadline for the introduction of legislation. Mm. Uh, But there's still some bills that um, some ministers are wanting to have introduced, uh, but they would have to negotiate that with the Leader of Government Business and with the Speaker and the Chair of the NCOP. Mm. When we talk about 36 bills, um, John, you were talking earlier on about just saying you can speak for the Department of Justice or the Ministry of Justice also. Uh, these 36, you're, not, you're no longer speaking for the, for the Department of Justice. You're speaking in a, in a broader, more or less a broader sense of what needs to be before Parliament, right? Well, that is what is sure. before Parliament from, awesome. from okay. a number of different, uh, different ministries. Sure, sure. When it when it comes to the Department of of Justice and 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 this is now of course uh, last week in front of that portfolio committee uh, and and then beginning to talk about timeframes and 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 getting you know the 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 sort of amendments and the and the documentation to the committee and so that they could peruse and work through and have their responsibility of having to go through it and check and make changes if necessary. They, they, they started talking about time aspects and saying time is not on, on their side and time is not on your side as the department. Would that be, would that be a correct interpretation? That, that would be a correct interpretation. I think the issue was more uh, why does it take so long for justice bills, particularly bills that are... Are required to implement constitutional court decisions. Yeah. Why do they take so long to get to Parliament? And that was definitely the 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 issue with the uh, the RICA amendment bill, the Regulation of Interception of Communications Act. Mm. Um, as I said, every department uh, does its own drafting. Mm. Uh, the problem with the Department of Justice and constitutional development mm. is that they have a very large amount of bills. Um, that get passed, I think they're second only to the bills coming from from Treasury, or they might even be equal to the bills coming from Treasury. Mm. So there's a large workload. Um, That workload gets added to when 
um, matters are taken um, or, or legislation is challenged on its constitutionality mm. and the constitutional court uh, then makes a ruling about that. Sometimes the constitutional court will they'll give a deadline to parliament um, uh, usually two years. Mm. Uh, sometimes they will do a reading in uh, that in the interim before Parliament passes the legislation. This is what that particular section of the law will will read as. And sometimes they will say until such time as Parliament passes legislation. So although they've said two years, it it, it can be longer. Mm. That will continue. Sometimes they don't do a reading in, so they haven't done a reading in with with the RICA amendment. Mm. Uh, well, they did a reading in with the RICA amendment, but it it, it lapses after. And in, in that uh, case, they gave Parliament uh, three years to, yeah. to to table or to pass that amendment. And, and but in in the case of RICA, there wasn't a a reading in. Mm. Is is that deadline? Is that deadline the the the, the constitutional deadline the the third of February or the, the what is it the fourth of February? Because I think I think it was in front of the you know the constitutional court where where um, I think the judgment was made on the third of February and and three years were given. Yes, yes, that is that is the case. And look, uh, I mean, maybe the other thing to say is that. Drafting, making legislation is not an easy process. Mm. Um, it, it might seem as though it's easy for the layperson, but you've got to, or the drafters have to look at all the the possibilities. Uh, there are things that they end up uh, possibly not foreseeing. They've got to consult with stakeholders. So it is quite a time-consuming process. It's not uh, a bill is not something that can be passed in the matter of a few. A few days, or even weeks, or even months. Mm. John, is there justification in 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 when the committee says, you know, um, the, it's it's taken a long time for for these you know amendments to come before us, um, and and in essence, um, you know, they should have been here before because what what then happens is, and I'll go to the practicality of it. They look at the timeframes of that. Particularly, if I if I just speak to, of course, the the constitutional uh, deadline one, the one sitting with the deadline one, they 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 particularly then begin then to refer to suggest that says if the bill comes to us late, it doesn't give us it gives us about two weeks to look at something. It needs to pass through, you know, uh, the second house as well, and and we we're then not able to fulfill our responsibility and our constitutional role as well as oversight. Do you think that particular criticism and judgment that came out uh, last week, you know, that there's, there's, there's some sense to be made of, of that particular argument? Yes, no, it's a valid, a valid criticism. Um, obviously, it is more than a few weeks that they've, mm. that they've got. Uh, the Mika bill was introduced early September, so I think mm. it's, it's really uh, Parliament sitting until um, middle of, or second week, I think it is, of December, mm. Uh, so it's about three months for both houses to pass it. Um, because it's a national competency bill um, where Section 75 of the Constitution has to be followed, the National Council of Provinces um, doesn't have the power to amend the bill. It can only recommend yeah. amendments. So it's a much quicker process in the NCOP than if it were a provincial competency bill, which would require provincial man I mean mandates from provincial legislatures and provincial hearings and things like that. Mm. And in the on- it is a it is a it is a valid point. Mm. 
Maybe just also to say that uh, remember uh, from your time working for government, mm. uh, Denzel, that mm. uh, the... And, and of course, working with you, John. <laughs> let's yes, let's, let's just say that as well, working with okay. you. Mm. Uh, that's a, yeah, is that a disclaimer? Mm. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I'm name dropping, John. <laughs> okay. Um, remember that there's a distinction between the executive authority mm. which provides policy direction and the accounting officer which is the department and the head of the department is the director general mm. and it isn't we we have to be careful about how we interact with the public servants mm. so these issues of why is it taking so long are issues that i've raised with the director general with the head of the department uh, but it's something that you should get the Director General to, to speak on with the, the detail of what's been done or not been done to try and correct the problems. But mm. overall, um, there has been a problem. What I can speak about of experienced drafters uh, retiring. Yeah. Um, uh, and then also uh, one pretty senior drafter was lost during COVID. They passed away due to COVID. Another um, uh, was was unwell and it uh, looks like he's not going to be able to come back. He was actually the person working on the RICA amendment. Yeah. So there are all those kinds of, of pressures, but it's it's not unfortunately something that the minister or I have complete control over. Mm. John, just give us a sense then of how huge you're talking about in essence, uh, and and you can just speak to to you know, of course, uh, your your section of of responsibility. How how large a unit is this? The, the and and let's just on. I don't know what 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 unit you call it. Is it the unit on legislation? How large and what kind of numbers are we looking at? And just give us uh, some sense of 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 their workload then. Yeah, look, I, I don't have that. Okay. You'd have to get from the Director General the exact numbers of people. It's a branch headed by a um, Deputy Director General. It then has, I think, three or four subsections, uh, mm. one of which is each headed by a Chief Director, one of which is, is the legislation. Uh, the other is... is um, um, basically legal issues and... Um, I've now forgotten what the what mm. the third one is, but it's a section within a within a branch. Mm. John, just let's go let's let's go to the uh, RICA the RICA uh, 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 amendment bill that's that's in front of in front of the committee, and and I suppose it's 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 open to for for public comment now. Is 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 that is that where it is also open for public comment? Yes, it's open for public comment. I think till the sixth of October. Sure, the the unconstitutionality of it if of course it would have started with a journalist um and and the subject of of you know him him suggesting he was the subject of of state surveillance and and then of course landing up at the at the constitutional court and that particular court making making a majority judgment in that particular case talking about the invasion of of what was it a violation of privacy and also then you know infringing on and i think it was section 14 of the constitution the and and the right to dignity and all of those particular aspects do you know with with it now and in front of the portfolio committee just before we get to the other aspects of it do you do you think that those particular 
you know, challenges that the constitutional would have found have been dealt with and, and looked to. And the amendment bill in front of everybody now is, is something that will pass that particular test again. Or, you know, it's, it's up to somebody taking it then and looking at it again and putting it in front of the constitutional court again and saying, oh, well, you know, they didn't do their homework proper. You know, here's, here's something else. But, are you, you know, is it is, you know, is everybody comfortable more or less that, um, you know those those uh, lo- those holes, those loopholes that were that were in essence spoken about, that they've been they've been dealt with, and it's been it's been adequately covered. Um, we'll have to see on that. Hmm. I mean, a bill has been introduced which um, we believe does uh, plug those gaps. Hmm. Uh, there were specific issues in the constitutional court that were were argued, or where it was argued that uh, Rika. Um, just to repeat it for one last time, in case mm. listeners joined more recently, Regulation sure. of Interception of Communications Act, yeah. and it's basically the law mm. which empowers um, state bodies, uh, particularly state security and the police, to to intercept your calls. Yeah. Um, so the, the the issues there were basically as a check and balance. I mean, one, the act is 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 relatively old. Mm. In that, uh, just checking the dates, um, it's a 2002 act, so it's 21 years old. Yeah. Um, but the issues that were taken to the court were, as part of the checks and balances, there's a um, any decision whether you can intercept communications has to be given by a, a judge. Mm. Uh, the current uh, judge is a retired judge of the Constitutional Court, Judge uh, Justice um, Kabinda. Mm. Um, it's generally been... Um, quite high-level people. Before that, it was was Justice Mahoro. Mm. But the, the the one issue was is that judge sufficiently independent? Uh, and um, the provisions in the law was that the minister would select the uh, the judge. Uh, the amendment then is uh, that the minister will select the judge in consultation with the chief justice. So the chief justice basically has a veto over the issue. Mm. Then some of the other the other provisions were relating to obviously um, a person brings an application or the agency, uh, state security or police or, or whoever will bring an application for an interception. Mm. The person who's going to be intercepted, uh, the subject, obviously doesn't know that they're about to be intercepted. Yeah. And if they did know, it would defeat the object because they just wouldn't use yeah. those communications. And so there were methods, basically, um, well, that whole issue came up and there needed to be greater safeguards uh, to to protect the rights of, of those people um, mm. who may not know their rights, uh, would not know that they're being intercepted, rather, uh, then a, another issue which the court decided on was that um, the the subjects, the data subjects who weren't uh, intercepted, sorry, who were intercepted, mm. needed to be eventually told that they'd been intercepted. It couldn't just lie for years without anyone knowing that they'd been intercepted. Mm. So those are some of the provisions. Um, we would have liked to have done a complete overhaul of of RICA, and to mm. some extent, that's one of the reasons why. Uh, the bill was late uh, in that it initially started off as, a, as an overhaul, uh, but then uh, things ran out of time. The person doing it wasn't wasn't well, mm. and we basically then had to focus on a bill which just addresses the constitutional court mm. uh, orders. Mm. Uh, you might have seen some commentary. Um, there's there's another way uh, that that. Um, 
law enforcement can get uh, some of your records. They yeah. can't intercept a call. They can't listen to what you're saying. Mm. But they can get um, your cell phone data records, where you were, what time you made a call, who mm. you called. So not covering the content. And they can get that through Section 205 of the Criminal Procedure Act. And the issue that has been raised in the media is that uh, that is not covered by this legislation. It wasn't one of the issues um, in which the court made a ruling. Mm. Uh, so that that is correct. It's not covered. Yeah. And um, we'll need to look at that. But right now, the pressure is to get these amendments in uh, before the, the court deadline. Mm. John, what is what is the... Is it is it purely a constitutional responsibility based on or the question really is 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 it really because the constitutional court highlighted certain aspects and of course you're saying you would have looked you would you know you 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 would have rather wanted to have looked at the entire you know bill and act in its in its entirety and 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 begin to to look at everything in that particular space but is it merely because of the constitutional court judgment in this particular space. And of course, yes, you have to do it. You have to respond within those particular three years. But also, was was there also an understanding when when one looked at it that said, yeah, well, you know, it does make sense. These, these things are not covered. We need to deal with these particular things. And I'll add a rider to that. Because the world is changing, because you've got technology now, and and criminals and other people and associates and would 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 deal with communication in a very very different way, and maybe old legislation doesn't have the terminology and the and the specific language that speaks to you know the way that crime is committed these days, and so those things need to be incorporated in into the amendments as well. So is it yes? Of course, the constitutional ruled on it. The Constitutional Court ruled on it, but also there's a necessity to begin to look at a bill like that of that nature because of the way, you know, criminality has evolved. No, very definitely. Um, I mean, as I'd said, that that act is over 20 years old and things have changed. Technology's undergone a revolution, uh, information technology, uh, since uh, in those those 20 years mm. So it does, it did and does still need to be revised. Hmm. Uh, the actual case came about because of the illegal interception uh, of um, uh, some journalists hmm. uh, so, by some yeah. state security hmm. operators. Hmm. Uh, so they brought the case um, for that reason. My own preference, and it was something that I'd raised with them, is that rather than them bringing an application to court, can't we give this issue to the South African Law Reform Commission? Yeah, uh, they will set up a, a team of experts to uh, work on the uh, on the legislation, mm. and the journalists could um, look at putting people onto that panel uh, mm. of the Law Reform Commission. Unfortunately, they felt they wanted to use exercise their right to to go to court. Uh, but that would have been a, 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 a better option for me because it meant that it would have meant that you could have then had a group of experts overhauling the legislation um, with as much participation as possible from stakeholders. Mm. John, how, how and, and you've spoken about the, the information and, and interception thereof and how you go about it. And, the, and we're talking about the, the legal aspect of it. 
um, and, and there's an issue that you also raised and said RICA fails to provide for the notifying of a subject of of surveillance, you know, at, at any point. You don't notify them before. And the question that I'm going to ask you is, is there a requirement, is there a proper requirement for somebody who has been legally surve- surveyed, is there a requirement legally to go to that particular informa- that ind- individual afterwards, whether if even there was no wrongdoing found, that then begins to say, uh, in some form of communication to that individual, between this and this period, for these particular reasons, we uh, had surveillance on you, and this is the kind of surveillance that was done. Let's 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 start with that particular question first before I get to the other one. Is there a requirement in the amendment uh, bill that says there is uh, the provision for notifying a subject that they were um, after the fact that there was surveillance on 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 them in whatever form? Does does it speak to that? Or is it a matter of one day when you find out and if you ever find out that you then, you know, can, can deal with it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not uh, what you've just said, the, the mm. latter, it's the former. And sure. it starts with the Constitutional Court judgment. They found that uh, data subjects, if you can call them that, or, or the, the uh, person intercepted, does need to be told. Okay. Uh, they looked at at uh, international practices and yeah. so on, and they made that as a ruling. They then did a reading in, which then came into effect um, when they gave the judgment in, in February 2021, mm. uh, that um, the um, designated judge who grants the orders, mm. um, that, that the security apparatus that applied for the order can go back to the judge Mm. um, on, I think it was um, 90 days at a time or get an order for 90 days at a time uh, that the, that the, the information did not be need to be released, but that was Mm. subject to a maximum of two years. So, so basically they could go back to the court every, every three months Mm asking the judge not to have the information released mm. uh, and um, uh, but, and that could be for two years. Mm. That is what we've put in the bill. Uh, there is still some debate about that and I'm sure that will come out in the, in the public hearings. Mm. Um, and remember all these these rights have to be balanced. Mm. Uh, some of the law enforcement people have said, look, two years is too short. You may be surveying mm. a, or intercepting um, a criminal syndicate, organized crime. Obviously, once they know they were intercepted on particular numbers, they're going to be a lot more careful mm. about what they say on the uh, on the telephone or in their communications. Mm. Uh, so, but currently the bill is uh, a maximum of two years, mm. but there is also a provision for um, issues of national security, which I'm sure will be quite um, mm. debated during the hearings. John, give us a, a sense of, of, of why, you know, uh, national intelligence or, or, or national security would, would want to, you know, survey, let's say, a Denzel Taylor. Uh, what, would, what would one of the reasons be? In, would, it, would it always be criminally related, you know, or, or what, what, what kind of categories 
broader categories are there for an issue of surveillance in, in, in any instance? Most of it would be, as far as I know, uh, would be uh, suspicions of, of criminal involvement. Yeah. Uh, this person is a subject of interest uh, and um, uh, they're alleged to have been involved in the commission of crimes or organizing crimes, that kind of thing. Mm. But there would also be uh, national security issues of uh, spies in our country from uh, foreign governments or from foreign companies and um, needing to keep tabs on them and and what they're actually doing. Mm. How how does one how does one you know plug it so that you you don't have abuse of of any particular nature, um, and 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 you know any anybody could abuse it in 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 previous years and in previous times over the years, you know people will have t- spoken about abuse and I and I can talk to you know a a very famous instance, you know the 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 Thabo Mbeki Jacob Zuma you know Bulalani Nuka instance where. The tapes were used, in essence, but the surveillance was called illegal, and yeah. and and there and there have been, you know, such sub, such instances in the past. How does one plug it so that you don't have instances of that kind of abuse happening again? Yeah, I guess it depends on who's doing the interception, mm. and if it's if it's private people, it becomes more difficult. Obviously. Evidence that's obtained from from interceptions that is irregularly obtained uh, mm. can't be used in in, in evidence in in court. Mm. But but it does but it does create a narrative. You know, with the with the Tabombeki Bulalani Nuka yes, thing, it, it, it created a narrative. Though the tapes couldn't be used. Yes. Mm. So that that is a problem. Um, obviously, what Rika is what this amendment is trying to do is to tighten up on things. Mm. So, as I said, there's a greater independence for this designated judge. There's also provision that their decisions must be reviewed by another judge. Mm. So, the, the the requests for interception are looked at twice. Mm. Uh, there is the issue of uh, that, um, you know, with the problem of journalists being intercepted and the issue was also raised of, of lawyers who will have confidential discussions, privileged discussions with their clients, mm. that if the um, police or whoever are wanting to intercept a journalist mm. or a, a attorney or an advocate, they must inform the judge because this is not what happened in the past. They would supply mm. a number and say, we need this number to be intercepted for these and these reasons, but mm. not actually, it seems, saying that the person was a journalist. Mm. Now, in in terms of the amendments, they have to inform the judge that this is a journalist and obviously Mm. motivate more strongly Mm. why that person should be intercepted. So a journalist Mm. can still be intercepted, but the judge has to be, the designated judge has to be aware of where. Mm. John, for practical for practical purposes, and 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 you know, I'm I'm going to hold on to this because for for all intents and purposes, it's the it's the it's the one I've 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 you know just raised, and and I find best best maybe the example of what I want to illustrate at this particular point. What 
and and it comes to that aspect of yes, you have to begin to tell people that you know you did um, surveil, you know, use surveillance of of some sort, you know, uh, against them, or or you know you utilized it whilst whilst you know uh, an investigation was at hand. Let me let me use the the Tabumbeki Bulalani Nuka issue and and just ask you a practical element around that because it'll speak to the new bill. Does the does the bill in its old form or in its new form, protect the second and third party as well. And 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 I raise this in essence where I'm being a subject of surveillance. Tabumbeki is a subject of surveillance, but Tabumbeki would speak to Bulalani Nuka, who then Bulalani Nuka would have to speak to his wife, who is Pumzile Mlambunuka, and she is in a particular position in a particular place. Does everybody in the circle need to be told that at some point their conversations were listened to and in essence that, you know, the scope went bigger and broader and and had much more information than obviously was required, not merely between criminal and 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 and, and, and that criminal associate. It it once you start surveilling somebody's cell phone or communication, Denzel would speak to his brother. Denzel would speak to John Jeffrey. Denzel would speak to you know this and and that and that. Do all of those individuals need to then be told that at some point their information, their communication communication was 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 violated as well? Yeah. Look, in the existing act, there's no provision for anyone, any data, sub, any um, subject to be notified that they were intercepted. Mm. And that was what one of the things the, the court had ruled upon. Yeah. I remember the interception orders, as far as I understand, are for we want this particular number to be, we want to be able to monitor this particular number, which mm. belongs to Denzel Taylor. Yeah. But it's that number. If you happen to get another SIM card, um, that can't be monitored mm. without another order. Yeah, but Denzel would talk to ten people, fifteen yes, people. Yes, no, no, no. I'm coming. Yeah. I'm coming there sure. now. The, the the issue is is that the court has ruled that Denzel must be informed that he was in his conversations on this particular number were listened to. Yeah. As, as far as I'm aware, it is only Denzel who would be who has to be notified mm. that his calls on that number were intercepted. It's then up to Denzel to decide. Mm. whether he wants to inform other people. Mm. Would that not be in some essence and an, an a challengeable aspect? Uh, you know, because Denzel, it, communication is, is two, three, four people. Uh, would that not be a challengeable aspect within the, the, the present condition of the, of the bill where once, once, once I am utterly told or somebody who has been speaking to Denzel for whatever reason, private or or uh, you know, um, uh, uh, or privileged, it it doesn't really matter that their rights, their privacy would have been violated at a particular point. How do how does one get around that? Do you think, John? Well, that's a new new question which uh, the court I don't think looks at, mm. and it's, it's not provided for. I think one of the problems would be the practical issue on your. Um, 
on your telephone line how many direct marketers called you. Mm. They all have to be notified. Uh, yeah, when, that, you know, so you're using your mm. you're not using your phone necessarily for private or intimate conversations or mm. work related conversations. There's a whole range of people that you could be calling or that could be calling you. Mm. So I think it would be the practical problem of of um, having to notify everybody. And um, at this stage, it is the subject who mm. uh, who was uh, mm. uh, the order was against for the interception that has to be told. Mm. Uh, that's a start. Um, we we can see how it develops and and whether more people need to be mm. told. Obviously, they can tell whoever they like. Uh, that their calls were intercepted. Mm. And presumably if they are involved in some kind of dubious activity, mm. um, that they would then want to tell the other people that, that they spoke to uh, that may also be involved in that activity. Mm. I, I, and I'm just going to presume, John, that there's, a, that there's a provision for what to do with the information, you know, post-surveillance of, of, of any nature. You know that 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 practicality of what to do with the, the with the information, either it gets used in 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 the criminal you know uh, uh, investigation and it forms part of then that criminal investigation, and or if nothing came from it, you know how how do you then begin to dispose of the the information that you know didn't lead to. Uh, anything of a criminal nature or, or investigation or a charge is is there does it speak to how information is disposed of at some point yeah that was one of the issues uh, that the court also had to look at and one of the courts concerned that were the sufficient safeguards over the information that was gathered hmm. um, and the bill does provide for that as far as I recall it is largely at this stage uh, looking at or repeating uh, what is in the Protection of Personal Information Act mm. in terms of the procedures that, that need to be followed for management of the of the data. Sure. John, can I take a short left before I let you go? Sure. Also, the, the NPA amendment bill, um, mm. also before before Parliament, and, 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 and I think that one talks to the permanent nature of that particular entity. Um, and 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 you know wanting wanting the 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 NPA to be a permanent entity, the the problem at the moment, as I understand it, is that lots of lots of you know um, departments and or government or you know whoever has deployed uh, critical people could can recall them at any particular point, and you could lose those particular individuals because the 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 NPA amendment bill seeks to make it. Um, from it, because in its current form, it's not a permanent entity, and the the the, the current NPA amendment bill needs to change that, right? Yes, that's right. I mean, look, it's basically around a particular section of the the NPA, um, the uh, investigating directorate. It's provided yeah. for in the NPA Act, but currently, the president establishes those by proclamation. Mm. So it is permanent, but it means that uh, by another proclamation that. Uh, that investigating directorate can be disestablished. Mm. So the bill is doing two things. It's one, it's making it statutory. So to get rid of it, you've got to um, amend that law again, which obviously can be done, but it's a lot better than just having a presidential proclamation. Mm. 
And the other important aspect is that it's allowing the investigating directorate to employ its own investigators. Previously or currently, they have to be seconded mm. uh, from wherever, usually the uh, the police, and they can be removed uh, by the police again. Uh, some people have been saying that mm. the Scorpions too. It's not because Scorpions had... Um, uh, had the prosecutors and the police working together, but the mm. police were accountable to the police and the prosecutors to the NPA. Mm. Uh, in this case, uh, those investigators are going to be accountable to the NPA. Mm. When you say some people are, uh, are saying it's, it's, you know, the Scorpions too, is is that a criticism? Because you know, of 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 you know the prison system, or or is that a you know, a, 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 a plus in, in you know, where, where things are concerned. Would When they say it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the Scorpions too, does it come, when somebody makes that comment, does it come as a criticism? Because, you know, there was an understanding of what the Scorpions did at one particular point, how they operated, and, and you know, the differentiation with how the NPA operates. And, and I've even heard, and you, you, you don't have to speak to that, I've even heard Fikile Mbalula saying we need the Scorpions back, and I suppose he's talking to this particular, not maybe the legislation, but he's talking to the practicality of how things worked. You know, you know the, just the differentiation in, the, in, in how they worked and the difference then. Um, our system has been always uh, that the police investigate and the prosecutors prosecute and there's mm. a separation between the two mm. uh, so the it's not like the american system where i think they are working working more together mm. um in our uh, existing system the the police would um take their statements put it in a docket send it to the prosecutors who would then send it back saying we want more statements or another state statements from other people or uh check on on this particular information or whatever the the scorpions were then an innovation in that the mm. com- combined the prosecutors and the investigators the police investigators in one unit uh, because it was new it it had its challenges there were mm. issues of accountability um uh those kinds of things but it was a very effective mm. um means of of combating crime in south africa mm. And I think for many people, myself included, uh, it's it's a mistake that uh, the the scorpions were were mm. disestablished. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, what happened then was that the hawks were set up uh, to be placed within the the the, the police. Um, but I think what what the NPA has found is that that. Um, for a number of these more high-profile cases, they would rather have investigators working for them. The uh, in the New Lane or New Line case in the mm. Free State, the court was very critical about the police investigators. Mm. Uh, so it it um, is going back to that that issue. Although the difference, as I said, is that they're now not going to be. They mm. will be no longer working for the police, but be accountable mm. to the NPA. Um, and we hope that that will make an immediate mm. improvement in the prosecution of in, of in essence then skills cases. in essence you 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 internalizing the skills as well yes yes mm. john also also public comment the the npa amendment bill that's where it is too right that's also out for public comment it also i think has a deadline of the the 6th of of october uh, the portfolio committee with both bills would then have to decide um 
whether they're going to have public hearings, which I'm sure they would have if there's uh, if there are people who want to make public submissions, oral submissions rather. Mm. John Jeffrey, thank you for coming on to Power Perspective tonight. Much, much appreciated. Thanks, Denzel. Thanks to the listeners. That's John Jeffrey, Justice Deputy Minister, talking to us, of course. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.